Don't record without coffee. Kyle, what's your number two? <laughs> Digital minimalism, the practice. <laughs> Welcome to the Productivity Lab, the podcast where you put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are celebrating our one-year anniversary as a podcast together. Woo, yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, this has been a fun, I guess, 20, or actually this is episode 29 now. We did a good amount of challenges throughout this time. We read more books on Productivity than we probably thought we'd normally read. It's, uh, it's been a great time, and we decided that we'd be celebrating this uh, this episode, this one-year anniversary, with our top three favorite habits we did, our least favorite three favorite, or our three least favorites uh, habits that we did, and our favorite book and our least favorite book that we read, just to kind of do like a rundown, kind of recap, you know, be nostalgic about the simpler time in June, uh, I guess, or what, when it's coming out, uh, okay. Be nostalgic for a simpler time in August 2019 August. before pandemics are happening <laughs> and just kind of just kind of reflect on all that. So before we get on with that, though, how are you, Mark? What have you been up to? Um, I have been getting things situated. So uh, it's been pretty good removing, uh, just moving through some things. And now I'm fully in the building apex this, my long-term, life-term writing career, I guess you could say, or focus on writing is is the better way to put it. So I've been working on, I only did one session because I'm writing on specific days, but um uh, participating in Camp NaNoWriMo, which happens every April and July mm-hmm. of the year. And it's kind of choose your own project. So whatever your goals are, you define. Uh, different from the NaNoWriMo that happens in November, where the goal or target is 50,000 words. So um, working on Project Dollar, my goal is 26,000 words for the month. I already did a whole planning session and breakdown of everything that are how many words I need to write per session or per sprint. I'm behind right now because I'm a slow writer, but (laughs) there are some, um, you know, uh, non-writing days that I can use if I need to get ahead of things. So, but I'm also in the midst of a kind of a weird spot in the book where I'm trying to figure out where to go, what direction to go. Mm. Then, uh, did a couple videos. So, um, trying to, uh, utilize and mix the content that I do for Apex Disc. So I'll be today after I'll be recording a podcast episode to revive that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, that kind of went by the wayside because I was doing other things. Um, and now that I'm not doing those things anymore, I'm better able to plan and focus because all the work is associated, if you will. So the, the previous projects, I couldn't reuse any of that content or, or the activity that I'm doing, that I was doing for them, but I can with this. So it's all towards a singular goal that I'm working on. So the things that I'm doing or working on that I can record uh, for podcast episodes and video content and stuff like that. So um, uh, I've recorded 
uh, and actually put up a plan with me for Camp NaNoWriMo video this month. So I put that up on YouTube and I recorded a few more videos uh, of setting up my planner and then I'll be switching to a, a different one. So I have a dedicated business planner uh, oh. that's separate from my commonplace notebook that I use um, to uh, plan out my week. So it's dedicated solely to Apex this, sprints, deadlines, and all that other stuff that I'm doing. So pretty exciting. Um, lots of planning and organization and to try to get things going and defining deadlines for the uh, next quarter of the projects that I'm working on and things that I uh, am deciding to publish under Apex This or just publish as regular O me on the internet. Uh-huh. So it's kind of trying to define which one reaches that mark for me to do. But uh, it's been fun, pretty productive time as well. What about you? Uh, like you, I'm also doing Camp NaNoWriMo. I'm working on what I previously called on the show Project Project High School because it's from a world I built back in high school that I've been involving my head for nearly or over a decade now. But now I'm just going to call it by its actual working title, which is The Cores. Uh, there's a reason for that. It is, it'll be clear once I eventually publish this somewhere online. But uh, this is a world that I've been pretty much trying to get on my head for a while, but I keep on changing up details here or there. I've pretty much knocked out all the plot points I want to get to, like all the major plot points. But the specific details of like how the world works and how to get there, I'm still playing with. And I figure that NaNoWriMo is the best time to work on playing with those ideas. So I am doing the uh, the official NaNoWriMo amount of 50,000 words, which is the length of a short novel. And my goal is to write a bunch of short stories during a certain period of time within this world. Because I want to write the the first story I want to tell is during this time period, which is uh, 1960s America, but uh, has a sci-fi twist to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I I love the 60s, and I think that uh, the Cold War is a very fascinating time. And I want to write about a piece that takes place in the Cold War. Uh, outside of writing, which has been my main part of, like my main goal for the past week now, and will probably be my main goal for a while since it's a whole month-long thing. Uh, I got some big news with uh, productivity. Me and Amberly are turning our guest bedroom, which is completely out of commission right now because it's not a time to have guests. We're turning it into a full-fledged office for me, which will uh, which will be starting off with next weekend whenever my staying desk comes in. I'm so excited about this to actually have nice. my own working space. Yeah, yeah. I plan to turn into a office slash like hangout room. So that way if we have guests over, whenever all this is done, we could like have an additional overflow room for parties and whatnot. But yeah, uh, it's an exciting time. Got I basically, uh, what's the word? I basically impulse purchased a staying desk over <laughs> the idea of getting a office, a second office came up mm-hmm. and dropped it. The, uh, for those of you who are curious, the staying desk is uh, called the Smart the wow, <laughs> the Smart Desk. <laughs> it's called the Smart Desk Two. It's by Autonomous. They are a, I guess, a home office, a staying desk brand, 
And I currently work with one with Amberly's desk on loan, so to speak. And I love it. You could set up to four different uh, staying heights or setting heights of your choice. And I'm looking forward to having one of my own. So that's been my main thing I've been up to right now is playing at this future office and working on writing, which is my main goal right now. And I had a great writing session yesterday. I wrote uh, nearly 4,000 words, which is a lot for me. I typically write on a good day, a thousand words, but I was in the zone and I just like, I can't leave this zone. And I wrote until my caffeine crash happened like around three or four o'clock that day. So I'm feeling good. Uh, depending on how I feel about this whole thing, maybe I'll publish my first drafts online. I doubt it because this world is very precious to me. I want to get it out the way that it should be out. Mm-hmm. But on my personal website, I do intend on publishing the series on just to uh, build an audience and all that stuff. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see where this goes. This is still speculation right now. Everything's up in the air. It could be like, actually, I'm going to scrap all this and start from uh, page one again. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's just everything that's happened to me. Right on. Um, if we're not careful, this will turn into a writing podcast. I know. <laughs> we should do a spin-off <laughs> podcast with <about> that. <laughs> One of these days we'll do the writing lab or the productive writer. The productive writer. I like that. <laughs> yeah. um, it just so happens that we both are interested in podcasting, productivity, and writing. <laughs> like, yeah. When I met you is because of the Austin Podcasters, and then we started talking a lot about productivity stuff, which is how I brought this podcast idea to you. And yeah. then and then we realized from this podcast that we both are into fiction writings. So. <laughs> <laughs> how how the how it just all merge and work itself out. And yeah. to think I only started the Austin Podcasters because I had just started Apex This to be my writing and publishing arm. And I wanted to talk with other podcasters about how they did it. And no one was meeting in Austin. So it all comes back to writing. <laughs> I guess it does. I guess it does. Fantastic all stuff. All right. Are you ready to move on to our topic today? I am ready. All right. We're going to start with the worst of the worst. We're going to begin with our bottom three. Bottom three. They are the bottom three habits we did this year that we just did not like whatsoever, starting from number three to num- from the third worst to the most worst, in your opinion. Uh, do you want to go first with your third worst, Mark? Digital only was one that was included on my bottom three habits list. I remember at that time when I did it, I was in complete disarray because of the amount of tools, not that I added any additional digital tools to my system, but just the just the amount of tools that I had, where would I log something like where where would I put this? Where do I go? And it was a complete departure from how I normally do things or how I write things and take notes. It it completely ruined my Mm, workflow. And even after we did the digital minimalism that kind of helped refocus or uh, put a focus or particular utility for the things that I'm using. I'm like notion for documentation, right? Trello for the action points, but those all Mm -hmm. get written down for me first in my notebooks and planner. And then they get transcribed to Mm -hmm. digital tools. So digital only like I, I remember that, 
episode completely destroying my workflow and trying <laughs> Two to... Two weeks of chaos. It was just utter chaos. Uh, I didn't know like what to do, where to go, where to log stuff. Like when I'm taking notes, what to use because there's so many different note apps and I couldn't just go to the one thing that I always had. So uh, for me, that was like one of them that... Uh, that uh, rounded out with the um, with the bottom three habits that mm-hmm. I did not like. Um, yeah, and I, I I don't think I could ever do digital only again. I'm even considering <laughs> of just doing paper only for uh, everything, and I'll be completely okay and fine with that. Uh, oh, nice. But not okay. digital. What about you? Yeah. So my third worst one wasn't really saying that was bad it just was so forgettable i forgot we did it so i figured that that makes it deserving of being the mm. third worst which is the under desk bike i forgot we did that and i was oh. looking at the topic list i'm like oh we did this <laughs> didn't we and then I, I i think i gave it like a three or a two i can't remember what i gave it yeah but the the under desk bike for me is this weird came out trendy it could definitely fall into the category of trendy and like a niche spot but there's a market for these under desk bikes for people that want to be active at their desk and maybe it's good for like if you like you really have to focus for hours upon on end. But I just was first of all, my desk at the office is not designed in a very ergonomic way to put a under desk pedal. So I had to like sit in a weird position doing it. Uh it felt more tiresome to do the bike than like awakening because if I had to focus on my posture so much. And it just was uh, I was like, what's the point? Who wants this? Who's this for? Like there's like $100, $200 versions of underdesk bikes on Amazon. And I don't know who they're for. <laughs> like it feels like they're for people that either are workout aholics, like, uh, uh, like the character, Chris Traeger from parks and recreation who just mm-hmm. keep on moving all the time, which I feel like I emulate him a lot, but not that much or people that have resolutions to move more and they're just trying to optimize their life. Yeah. But I feel like that just like, uh, like gym memberships are known to go the way of just like paying for it without ever going for re- people that are trying to make resolutions. The Air desk bike will be that way too. Like by week two, you're like, this is annoying. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I just because I forgot about it and I remember being annoyed about it when I thought about it that I have to give under desk bike my third worst thing we've done. Uh, let's move on to second worst thing we did. Um, second worst thing I listed mobile monochrome. Uh, I knew that was going to be your list. I thought that'd be number one, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, surprisingly, I guess it wasn't number one. Well, yeah. So mobile monochrome, I didn't like the challenge then because of what I was doing. And still to this day, like if, um, at the time, like, yeah, I definitely didn't like it. Um, I felt that it uh, hindered what I did and it, it wasn't really preventing me from um, using social media or any of the apps or mm-hmm. anything. It was just just an annoyance in how it looked. And I think I've only used it once since we did that challenge. And that's because oh, really? I I'm surprised accident- you even used it. Well, I accidentally turned it on. <laughs> okay. And that, that's different I was like, then. okay. Yeah, I forgot we did this. I forgot I, I mapped the 
uh, the uh, gestures this way. So I turned it off. Um, but yeah, that that was one that wasn't so hot uh, for me, and I wanted to uh, quit. So that was my second worst. What about you? Uh, that would be cold showers. Okay. I, I uh, hated them a lot like you did. Uh, cold showers in general. I remember when we first did that challenge that by like day 12 or something, I just didn't want to take a shower anymore. Mm-hmm. That's when I knew that I was getting bad and uh, it was time for me to be ready to end this challenge whenever we could. There was also that one point during our challenge where I remember I went for a run one evening during a hot summer evening. Uh, this is, I think we recorded like the middle of June or something like that. And I went for a run just so I could take a warm shower after I was done with the run. <laughs> I typically work out before work, which means I got to take my cold shower after my workout. But I uh, went, did a workout in the evening time and uh, uh, decided that this was uh, worth it just to take a warm shower for my first time in two weeks. And it was uh, totally worth it. Although I will tell you, I still kind of do cold showers now but not for the point of the uh, what the challenge laid out. The whole idea behind cold showers is that it wakes you up more, uh, it helps you focus, it builds discipline, et cetera, et cetera. All these things that are synonymous with the uh, willpower. And I thought that, that uh, I think that that is BS. It might be helpful for some people, but <laughs> I do take a cold shower now if I work out in the evening time because I found out on nights whenever I take a hot shower before I go to bed, my skin's still too warm when I'm laying in bed and it makes it hard to fall asleep. So what I do is I turn on my shower water on medium heat now. So just like just above room temperature and I take a shower then and then I slowly turn it down to cold and then I stand in that cold water for like maybe five to 15 seconds. And then I decide then it's time to get out and my skin's cool enough. So that's the only time I would bring into my life to work with my sleep. Because otherwise I'd be up late and I don't want to be up late if I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So that that I do bring it back and I do enjoy it more in the hot summer evening time after a workout just because your body is hot. But I do still do not like them and I do not use it for the reasons that are stated because I think those reasons, there might be some truth to them. But as we saw, there wasn't that much research into it anyways. And it's TBD to see how effective it really is. So this goes down to numero uno, worst challenge we've done so far. Let's start with you, Mark. It is from our episode one, cold showers. <laughs> I really hated this. So I don't think I've taken a cold shower since. <laughs> I know in that episode, I was like, oh, it'll be good. You know, every once and then, once once in a while to take a cold shower to kind of remind you and revigorate you. And like, no, I know. I have not done it. I have no interest in doing it um, unless for some reason my water uh, heater goes out. Like, no. Um, <laughs> when you're forced to. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my absolute like worst habit that we try to do and that I did not not follow up on or have no interest in following up on. So what is your number one <laughs> So my number one worst thing we've done is bulletproof coffee because I will not stand by people shilling out bad science. I will not stand by that at all. I will stand by that's a good tasty drink. And if there's a barista, a 
coffee shop that you go to that can make it for you, go ahead and ask for it. But do not ever buy bulletproof coffee. Can I just say that's an honorable mention for me? Like I literally looked at that and was like, maybe that I should put that at number one. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because bulletproof coffee has a bunch of different claims from uh, weight loss to focus to what I can't remember all. It's like muscle gain. I think it was on there. It's a big list of claims they have. And whenever somebody makes so many claims about one thing, mm-hmm. there's probably something wrong with it. And <laughs> I, I just cannot get past the, the fact that it's snake oil. It's tasty snake oil, but it's not tasty good. And oil. it is, yeah, I, I just cannot stand by that. And I'm happy I did my research this time because beforehand I was like, oh yeah, my old boss did this and he was a very productive person. So ergo, it must be true. And then <laughs> the episode made me focus on uh, looking into the research and it turns out that there's none and they don't have any peer-reviewed studies either. And unlike our uh, challenge with Brain FM where they admit mm-hmm. that they don't have any peer-reviewed studies, uh, Bulletproof Coffee just tends to just kind of hide those. Also, they they make that claim that the, their beans are cleaner than other, than oh, other God, people's yes. beans, which is complete BS. Yeah, And uh, that should definitely be a red flag right there. So, yeah. Make if you want to make your own bulletproof coffee for the taste, go ahead. Don't buy the brand stuff. Buy the uh, stuff you could buy at Whole Foods or uh, Albertsons or over your local grocery stores, and just you even need to do all that. Just get some coconut oil and some butter. That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, get some uh, get some uh, saturated coconut oil or whatever it's like. You know, like not not like li- oh wait, actually, yeah, the MPC oil is liquid coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just get some butter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, unsalted butter. Be salted butter in your coffee might be weird. <laughs> yeah, that's all you gotta do. It tastes good. Combine it with a little bit of milk, and you got yourself a tasty latte. Yum. Do not support fringe science. <laughs> support good culinary uh, products instead. <laughs> yes. Nice yeah. pick. Nice pick. Yeah. Okay. So those are our bottom three habits. Yeah. Now our top three habits. All right. You gonna start with your third favorite? My third favorite is gratitude journaling from episode oh, man, four. You know, I forgot about that one. Ah. Yeah, I was looking at the list last night and I forgot about that one. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go on. Why did you like it? Um. So we all know that I journal. I've talked about it ex- extensively. Um, but one of the things that I did, and and since then, and especially uh, if, the, if it wasn't uh, more apparent during these times, not only journaling just helps me work through whatever's on my mind to get it all out on paper, uh, what I'm challenged. It, it truly helps to be able to kind of put it on paper, what issues you're facing so that mm-hmm. you can work out what how you're going to fix that or what next steps you need to take or just from anxiety, my anxiety, you know, me writing it out. So trying to determine uh, if I was, I was stressing out bad about uh, what I was going to do with Austin Podcasters because Mm -hmm. I felt that I couldn't focus my time and energy on writing, which is the whole point of me, you know, uh, starting my, you know, quote unquote, publishing imprint, I guess, uh, for my solo projects. And I was like, okay. And then we had the whole COVID thing and everything. And so just being able to write and go through that, it's been great. But specifically gratitude journaling and writing 
and we talked about that in episode four, so backed up with science and research, mm-hmm. is that it truly changes your brain chemistry when you're able to be very specific with the things that you are thankful for. Not just, oh, I'm thankful for waking up today or for being alive. Like, no, what are the specific nuanced things that you're thankful for? Mm -hmm. Because it helps put perspective into the things that you do have as opposed to the things that you feel you need or want. Uh, Right. Um, We, we, we have more than what we actually think we do because we're being bombarded with now I'm getting on my soapbox. Now we're being (laughs) bombarded with just this constant, ads and things to buy to improve your life. Which is definitely true here in the productivity sphere because we're all optimizers and we could find something that could give us that quick edge or yeah. that better edge or like, yeah, I'll invest $50 in that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and so with it, I found that I've even been uh, very much been curbing myself, just an added layer. So, you know, I, I look at more of the things and, and you know, I find that it centers me uh, much more in continuing the practice of gratitude journaling, writing down the specific things that um, that I am thankful for and that I do have. Uh, and it truly does work in changing your mood and changing your outlook on life. So that was one of the top three habits that we started and then ones that I continue. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sounds like a summary card too. Because I also chose the three habits that stuck with me the most, and mm-hmm. like I still practice. So sweet. Yeah. So what are yours? Uh, number three for me for habits that stuck is uh, meal replacements. I True. do them. I actually haven't been eating breakfast for the past couple of weeks because uh, I just kind of got tired of eating breakfast. But <laughs> on days I eat breakfast, I'll do a meal replacement for lunch. And uh, those meal replacements uh, start out as heal or actually a soylent in the episode. Mm-hmm. Then they upgrade to heal, which is much better. But with it being so hot outside in the Texas summer, I've been now doing smoothies for break- uh, for lunch, has, which has been great. And it's been refreshing as well. It's not as filling as like a full lunch, but that's kind of the point. The, uh, the point is you eat a big meal for breakfast and for dinner. And the middle meal is something that's smaller, so that way your body can... Uh, uh, can digest less stuff and it's make makes it easier to focus. Although, as I did learn in that episode, that uh, meal replacements certainly make a big difference on my post lunch productivity. Just it's like my natural flow of the day. Yeah. However, it's been a nice. It feels less cumbersome to worry about lunch now, and smoothies are delicious, and I'm happy to be making them right now. So uh, that's mine. Not that much more to add to it. I just think that meal replacements are a nice thing to do if you can do it. And if it's a hot summertime, I highly recommend uh, either buying smoothies from a local smoothie vendor or uh, making your own smoothies with like uh, your own blender at home. We have like one of those Ninja Bullet blenders, which is nice because so the thing I. that you blend it in is also the thing that you drink it out of. So it's super easy to clean, less dishes and easy to, to put together. Yeah, I love my Ninja Blender. The big one, and then I have the two cups, so you put it all in a cup and blend blend it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, That one I will add to the honorable mentions. That one's not on my (laughs) list. Teaser, spoiler. Um, (laughs) 
but it's something that I did continue since that since we did oh, the nice. challenge. And you did so. do it beforehand too, with like going to smoothies with your coworkers or going to get yeah. smoothies with your coworkers, right? Yeah. So the, so the meal replacement practice wasn't entirely new for me. But yeah. All right. All right. Number two for you. Number two. Um, this was. I did it this this year. I guess going into it coming off a, a different challenge, but it's specifically from our digital minimalism episodes, episodes 20 and episodes 21, the mm-hmm. book review and then the methods. And this is the two minute rule. So what this says is essentially ask if you can complete the task within two minutes. If yes, then you do it. If not, you define the next action you need uh, and right. you scroll yeah. it away, right? Yeah. Um, that I found just the two minute rule to be so useful, so mm. um, uh, great for me to knock out the small things and to not have as much of a pile of work or mm. of things that I need to do. Um, I, I use the kitchen, for example. Not that, again, like alert my kitchen was not a hot mess folks but (laughs) (laughs) everyone has said you know after they made breakfast or they cooked dinner or whatever oh i'll wash those later and yeah you don't you go to bed you wake up up, yeah right and then you're like i need to make breakfast but i didn't wash this stuff so now i gotta wash all this stuff spend all this time right so now i ask myself whenever i do something and then i like if i catch myself saying Oh, I'll wash this later. Then I'm like, well, can I wash this within two minutes? I'm like, yeah. And so then I just start washing everything. And it's generally done within two minutes. It was quick. It was easy. It was painless. Same with task. If I get get mail coming in, it no longer bulks up to where I'm like, okay, now I need to spend a hour going through That's all my mail. That's a chronic problem in this household between both me and my partner. We are really bad at... <laughs> opening up official mail. I have my car registration yeah. that just came in the mail a week ago. I just got to put the sticker on my dashboard or on my window. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet. It's still <laughs> in the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it, unless it's a magazine, we're not going to pick up that easily. <laughs> yeah. For, for, I do get some magazines and I throw them in my reading spot. So then when I come to my dedicated reading days, I sit in that particular spot and then I can go through my magazines. I go through my TBR mm. pile and everything else. Idea. Uh, but for the other mail, I'm like, instead of just throwing it like, okay, I'll get to that later. I'm like, okay, I got two minutes. I can go through this and squirrel away. If I need more actions, I'll take a sticky note and put, what are the next two things that I need to do to complete this? Right. Mm. And then I move it into my inbox. So I guess it's kind of like that process it's like, from, it's like getting things done that way. Which we never, uh, we never put getting things done to the test. We only read the oh book. Gosh, like they, it is getting things done. I don't yeah, know why I wrote use, digital minimalism. The GTD, the, yeah, it's like, why do you put... Oh my God. Like, well, I don't know when we talked about that, but <laughs> I mean, your memory's probably better than mine. It is getting things done. Oh Lord. Okay. But I'm I still going to be able to check out those episodes if digital minimalism is really good. I'm struggling, y'all. I'm struggling. <laughs> today i'll be over soon we got one more for you and uh okay more for me it's from getting the two minute rule the crux everything still stands (laughs) if you can do it in two minutes do it (laughs) don't record without coffee kyle what's your number two (laughs) 
digital minimalism, the practice. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been a big believer in digital minimalism since, uh, well, actually, it kind of goes back to a few attempts in my life to, to minimize digital life in my life. Yeah. Uh, starting back from, I think, when I first got a smartphone, I realized that it's becoming distracting. So I put a bunch of blockers and stuff like that on my phone, but there's always ways I got around them. Because I was trying to abstain. I wasn't really trying to practice anything. I was like, I'm just trying to abstain from not going onto Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then reading that book, Digital Minimalism, like really turned my life around. I went from being, uh, I'm abstaining from this to I am practicing digital minimalism. Like you give yourself a title that you work with. It's easier to focus your mental energy on. And now I, uh, my life is filled with a bunch of different attention kind of blockers out there. I have app timers on my phone to block me out from using Twitter for more than 15 minutes a day, Instagram for a maximum of 20 minutes, uh, Reddit, I only go onto the website via my phone's web browser because it takes forever to load in the web browser and it's very annoying, so I'm more likely to get bored of it there. Uh, I also use apps like Freedom on my phone and on my uh, and on my uh, computer at home. Uh, for blocking uh, websites during select period at times. And I also use an app on my computer called Focus Me, which is like a more intense version of Freedom. But it's harder to set up sessions on it. So I have a bunch of automatic sessions that just kind of start every day, uh, such as like limiting my total amount of time on Reddit per hour during my work day. Can't go for go to Reddit for more than five minutes per hour, mm-hmm. which has been a helpful thing. Uh, I also set to block certain apps for more than 10 minutes of usage at a time. Like Discord is very addicting to me now because I'm on the Relay FM members only Discord. And I find that very distracting. And I have it set so that way I can't access Discord on my phone between the hours of 8 to 1 p.m. every day, which are my most productive hours at work. And I can't access Discord on my computer for more than 10 minutes at a time uh, every hour on my personal computer. So uh, I now that I could call myself a digital minimalist and I know that there's there's these these things are designed to distract us and uh, although they're, they're fun to go to, uh, they are also like junk food. Like you should treat yourself every once in a while <laughs> and there's no harm in treating yourself. I love myself a good hamburger. I get one uh, probably like once a week after a good long run. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also know that's harmful to continue that habit. So with everything going on with the political situation right now and COVID places like Twitter have become kind of like a, I could go in a soapbox on this, but I believe that Twitter is more harmful to, uh, uh, to day to day life than uh, Facebook. <laughs> That's just me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the more, and so limiting my time on Twitter for no more than depending on the day, five to 15 minutes, uh, makes me less likely to get mad at the world. And instead of getting my news from people, Chatting at each other on Twitter, I get my news now from NPR's morning podcast up first where they kind of do a TLDR on the news from yesterday. And that's how I keep myself informed now. So uh, I think that the digital minimalism has been one of the best things that we've done. And I think it's a practice that everybody living in the 21st century should put into their life. And I think that uh, electronic companies like Google and uh, Apple, the people that control the phones, uh, they should uh, be more mindful of these things as well. I know Apple's been more mindful than Google has. Yeah. And I just want Google to be more mindful too because there has been in the back of my mind a thought of switching over to Apple because of various reasons. But 
I haven't made the switch yet. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to switch now because Scrivener has a native app on iPhone. <laughs> like, and now that I'm writing more, I'm like, I'm going to check this out on the go. <laughs> so I'll be going to Notion and transcribing it to Scrivener on my computer. But that's a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to number one uh, habit we've done in the past year. Number one for me that's made the biggest change to my productivity and workflow that we've done is themed days. Or oh, okay. That was I was considering putting that as my number three. Really? That's my honorable mention as theme days. Yeah. Theme days are, you can also think of as like task batching for those uh, particular mm-hmm. days. Um, th- that's been the biggest change for me. Like when implementing that uh, or doing that, I came across this from Chris Doe, who is a designer. He runs the used to run, um, uh, I think they're shifting their business. They used to be like a motion graphic graphics firm, uh, but he also has an education platform called The Future without an E. Um, and he had shared like what his, he was using daily themes. And, you know, he'll have one dedicated day where he would do all his meetings or a single dedicated day where he would do all of his recording or a whole day spent reading, for example. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. I wonder how I could do that. And uh, so we did the theme days and I kind of worked out uh, like what my plan were. And I had dedicated days for Austin podcasters, for production, for TPL and all all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very helpful because it, it helped me plan. When I plan my week, I knew what those days were and where to slot those tasks. So I already knew what days that I was working on those particular tasks. Since dropping uh, Austin Podcasters, I kind of shifted things around and we mostly record on Saturdays now, Mm -hmm. which Saturdays are my production days. So those are days where I record and edit. So anything audio or video related, I try to leave for uh, Saturdays and change my other days. Uh, You know, my Mondays, Thursdays and half day Sundays are writing theme days and the other half of Sunday is reading. So... And I have two self-care days. So with with that, I'm able to kind of better coordinate the things that I'm working on or bulk them up in those particular manner. And it doesn't mean that I can't work on something else on that day. If if I don't have any writing projects or tasks happening, then I can, you know, slide in other things that I'm doing. But it just really helps focus me and bulk the work that I need to do. And that's yeah. kind of been one of the most um, best changes that I've made to my productivity system and having themed or batching days. And every single day doesn't need to be themed. You can have one day out of the week that you theme or that you de- determine is for a particular type of work or self-care or whatever. But adding theme days has been the biggest change to my system and I'm so glad we did it and I love it. Nice. Yeah. It, it, it was going to be my honorable mention for the reason of like batching task count stuff because it is very nice. I just didn't incorporate it because theme days are not as strong with me as it is with you mm-hmm. or more specifically meal replacements are stronger than theme days in my day to day life. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a good practice to do if you can do it, if you could afford your, uh, the ability to, uh, uh, take a day off or not a day off to like take a day to like do admin work only and focus work only 
Totally do it. It makes a huge difference. Uh, so we're getting to my number one now. Yeah, what's right? your number one? All right. This will probably be no surprise to anybody if they know me very well. But I am a big advocate for sleep health. I think that sleep health is one of the most important things you could do, especially after reading that book, Why We Sleep, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And you could uh, listen to that in our unofficial interview, or interview, in our unofficial review of the book and our most recent or in our recent episode on uh, sleeping without an alarm. I've kept this up since that, and I do not plan on changing my habits anytime soon. True. Because although I might sleep until 7.30 some days, it's because I need to sleep until 7.30 because my body needed that sleep. And if I don't uh, do it, it could lead to long-term side effects or even just like simple things like focusing issues. Mm-hmm. Like Sleep is, uh, as described in the book, Why We Sleep, I'm kind of reiterating what I said in that episode, but sleep is if not one of the three foundations of health it is the foundation of health. And there's so many things tied to it from physical health to mental health, to uh, longevity of life, to focus, to creativity, to uh, general well-being, And yeah, it, it is a foundational thing that we should all focus on. And I strongly believe that the, the American Western culture that sleep is for the week is a bad practice. And I know this because I used to be a part of that culture and I still, I still, if I could, I would take a pill to get rid of sleep. But <laughs> my first and primary thing that I worry about on a day-to-day basis is my physical health because your physical health controls everything. And because I know that I like, just like going to the gym for people that don't like working out, you know, you have to do it because if you don't, uh, your life could end up being much worse. So for that reason, I give improving our sleep through sleeping without an alarm as our number one, uh, our number one or my number one pick for our habits we've done this year. And I think that everybody should practice it if they can. Of course, not everybody can because that's just how American work culture is and some people have longer commutes than others. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to, once or all this is over, I still have only a, 10 minute commute in the morning so I could afford it but some people have hour line commutes so if you can't afford it I totally recommend doing it but yeah I very least recommend people check out the book why we sleep and figure out the best ways to get sleep uh, to get healthy sleep in their life like not, not getting more sleep isn't necessarily the right thing like there's this whole thing about alcohol and weed is uh, detrimental to REM sleep so maybe you prefer to smoke or drink before bed. It might help you fall asleep, but it won't help you get healthy sleep. So it's good to look into other alternatives too. And yeah, just, I recommend the book. I used to drink a beer every night, but now I don't drink beer on work nights because I want to be as well rested as possible on work days. So I, I highly recommend people check out that book and check out the episode to hear me rant more about why sleep health is important. <laughs> No, that's a that's a great one. Um, I since we've done that challenge in that episode, I have not turned on any alarms. I've just been naturally waking. Yeah, that's so um, great. And I found my natural alarm is between six thirty to seven thirty, depending on how much sleep I need to get. Mm-hmm. And that's great for a work day. Like six thirty is literally the uh, the uh, I used to wake up at six. That's so only half an hour difference from what I used to have. 
Like it turns out that I didn't need seven hours of sleep. I needed more like seven and a half hours of sleep on average. And that is sleep. Uh, how does Fitbit measures it, which they measure restlessness as a wake time. So it really means eight to eight and a half hours of time in bed, but uh, seven and a half hours of recorded sleep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to do any honorable mentions since we've been kind of bringing them up anyways? Oh, that, that would be an honorable mention for me. I, like I since that episode, I've installed a uh, sleep app on my phone, so I make sure I have an Apple Watch. I'll wear my watch to sleep, and so it tracks my you know activity or wakefulness or whatnot. Mm. That synchronizes with the phone. Uh, I'm able to see you know what it's recording uh, for when I fell asleep, how long uh, I I don't ha- actually. Yeah, because I'm recording. My phone is in a completely other room, so I can't grab it. <laughs> um, but um, like, even though I went to bed at one and got up like nearly like nine fifty, nine fifty five. Actually, I went to bed later than that because they were doing fireworks for some reason. It's <laughs> yeah, not no, even same thing here. Like, yes, yeah, we're recording this uh, on Fourth of July, actually. So right. <laughs> last night, people were shooting up premature fireworks. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the time in bed, but it recorded my actual sleep as being six hours and I think forty three minutes of last night, and it uh, ranks ranks that it determines what your deep sleep was apparently I yeah, got I zero it's deep kinda, sleep it's so, still early stages on the sleep stage measurements I barely look at my Fitbit's uh, stage of sleep yeah stuff. so for that I take with a grain of salt um, but um, it, you know because the sensitivity of when you're moving it etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's nice to actually just have a, even though I also keep physical tracker as well because I like to have the physical tracker tracker in my notebook, but it's nice to kind of see what what that coincides with in a digital version of the app that's supposed to rank your sleep, if you will. Mm-hmm. Though that does plug in into something else that I'm not going to mention because it could be a spoiler for a potential future episode. Okay, All of right. the quantified self. So okay, yeah, that would be a good one. Actually, that's something we could talk about. That gives me an idea. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we can talk about this off the air. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's that's the only one I can uh, I can add onto uh, for the um, as a uh, honorable mention. Thank you. Yeah. Words hard. <laughs> I get that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> My honorable mention I'm gonna have to give to uh, the task matrix we did. Yeah. But not the version in the book. Uh, the Eisenhower matrix. Yeah, not the one and not the one from Hyperfocus. Uh, Hyperfocus, but the one that's more classical, which is the Eisenhower matrix, where you rank things as important, uh, not important, urgent, and not urgent, and you assign it based on those variables. I still use that in my day to day life, so I give that in my honorable mention as well. Cool. Uh, I think before we go, though, we should uh, quickly plug our least favorite and favorite book, since this is also a book review show. Yeah. Uh, I can start this time since you were starting with the previous list. Go for so, it. My least favorite book should be no surprise to anybody because I never finished the book Getting Things Done by David Allen. <laughs> it might be the holy bible of productivity books, but also like whenever I tried to read the bible a couple of years ago to know the text, I got very bored by it. So, <laughs> Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, so digital minimalism, not digitalism. That's not even on my list. Uh, but uh, gain, gaining's done is a horrible book with a lot of good ideas. <laughs> so just read the TLDR blog posts instead. There's billions of them online. Just search for gaining's done book review or gaining's uh, done TLDR or gaining's done uh, spark notes. And you'll find much more helpful advice than the book will ever give you. Which is the distilled advice is what matters. How about you? What's your least favorite book, Mark? Um, my least favorite book should be no shocker as well is getting things done. (laughs) (laughs) Like the only reason that I like you didn't finish it, but I, I broke my own rule and I mentioned this in that episode and forced myself to finish the book Yeah, because we were doing it for the episode and I was like, okay, you gotta finish it. And I for otherwise, like I think it was after seventy pages, I was like, like I'm, I can't anymore. I can't. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Don't everything that Kyle said, I co-signed. Um, just don't. There's no point. Great things, yeah. like like you said, I'm doing the two minute rule and in inbox. Like there's yeah. great things to do. It's just there's no point in reading the, the book. It's so prominent in the productivity spaces now. That just like the Bible, you hear stories about it without actually ever having to read it mm-hmm. and just kind of go with the uh, hearsay instead. It's just as useful. Yeah. If you have it, just read the first 50, 70 pages and that, that that's all you need. Yeah. And uh, so favorite book that we've read in the past year. All right. So I'll go for this one. Yeah. My favorite book that we read in the past year is kind of cheat because I read this prior to Productivity Lab, but I oh, read man, it. We had the exact same book. <laughs> <laughs> I read it again for Productivity Lab, and that's Atomic Habits. Oh man, that's my number one too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we were so on point with the books. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I love that book. And when I first read through it the first time ever, I was just nodding along because I'm like, these are all the things that I did to to crawl out of massive debt, and mm-hmm. um, and it's been great to kind of go back to and to read again to determine okay these are some new habits I want to create or new habits I want to break, and just kind of go through that entire process and and look at the framework that's being provided by uh, James Clear in there and it's just one of my favorite books it's it's a book i will always recommend to anyone for anything for anything that they want to do um mm-hmm. uh of creating good habits and uh creating and making bad habits unattractive so that's yeah. my number one favorite book that we've done same that's my number one for very similar reasons i read it i'm like yeah yeah you're right this is a good idea like it's He's such a great writer. Uh, there's tons of great tips and tricks in there for everything. And yeah, I, I highly recommend it to anybody who is looking to improve their life a bit. And even people that aren't looking to improve their life, it might give them some ideas like, oh yeah, maybe I should turn myself around with that. Or mm-hmm. maybe I should stop doing this. Like, yeah, I highly recommend it. And it, it gets the, I guess this means that this gets the uh, Productivity Lab seal of approval. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our next book is, uh, we decided that we're going to go indie this time. We're not going to be reading any big hitters. We'll be reading a very small book that we found on the Goodreads Productivity section. Uh, it's on Kindle. It is called 
Scary Fast. I don't know that much about this book. I know that you finished it within a day yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's a scary quick book to read, I guess. <laughs> yes. And it is by Brian Michael Stinger. He is the author of this book. It's supposed to be a humorous uh, distillation of productivity task out there. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to review it, kind of go indie and see what other indie or other indie authors as like were published. What? <laughs> what indie authors have to say about Bright to be out there. So it'll be a quick book. Uh, you guys could probably read it the day before we even air the episode, but uh, it's got scary fast colon seven advanced hacks to boost your productivity. And it is by Brian Michael Stinger again. Uh, where can people find you, Mark? People can find me on Instagram and maybe not Twitter, but uh, Instagram and Twitter at askmarkio. And you can find my writings and illustrations at askmark.io. That's askmark.io. And you can find this podcast and our wonderful show notes for everything that we mentioned inside at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show for short. And you can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. Where can they find you, Kyle? In the meantime, you could follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KyleSQ9. Uh, I'm slightly active on Twitter right now. Like I said, I have like five to 15 minutes a day I allow myself to go on. So typically it's just liking other people's stuff or retweeting stuff. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm trying to post some stuff with NaNoWriMo on my story. Uh, we'll see. Uh, on, by the time this episode airs, you, it doesn't matter because it's stuff NaNoWriMo's <laughs> over, but it's there. Uh and also you could find my writings, which I've been publishing my creative writings from our writing prompts onto my own personal website, which is at quadrant9.net. And until next time, stay productive. Yeah, we didn't like do. We're all off today. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm just or thinking I'm of writing off, all day. Actually.